Are you listening to this on Spotify right now? You should be. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. Premium Spotify users can download episodes to listen to offline, so wherever you are, you can hear me. It'll be like we're on that vacation in the mountains together. And of course, you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. Or you can browse to find new podcasts in the tab marked Your Library. Oh, and make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of Be Reasonable. Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I know how to fish with a lasso. It's high noon for Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. Another month has disappeared into the abyss, the vacant hole. The vortex that is California's coronavirus lockdown response. And that's not really what I want to talk about today, but good God. How am I paying this much every month for this fucking California, man, the stuff that makes it worth it living here besides the weather is concerts and sports and going to the movies and being at bars and parties with friends and not thinking that everybody in the world is a pussy. And they took all of that from me. I think that in 10 years, there is going to be a large group of children in schools and on playgrounds who are called maskies and their parents destroyed them and their ability to interact in society by giving them the example of what constant anxiety and terror looks like. And then those children will probably respond by becoming uh, total invalids that are made fun of by their peers. These are the maskies. And then the other kind of maskies will be the ones that are so rebellious that they just create mayhem for five years for everyone around them. So great future we're ushering in, I'm sure. Uh, yesterday, Joe Biden emerged from the basement and his corpse was flown to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 
to give a speech, if you can call it that. He basically said the same things Mike Pence said in his RNC speech. He said, like, violence and fires and, you know, looting aren't protest. And some little mini parody AOC account on Twitter made one of those points that is so obvious that, like, no one has thought of it and spoken it in the perfect way. But they were, I don't know who it is, but they were totally right in in saying that if the riots were Trump's fault, like Joe Biden and everyone in media and the left are trying to make them out to be, why did they spend three months calling them protests? And that's exactly right. It's impossible to argue with something like that. People took to Twitter, like the never Trumpers and the centrists or whatever they call themselves to express their great relief that Biden has finally come out and uh, said exactly what needed to be said. And I know we talked about, I talked about some of this yesterday, um, but some of the themes from the speech started becoming more prominent throughout the day. And I want to discuss a little bit of that. So I'm just kind of giving the, uh, the old recap because there really is an attempt right now to blame Trump supporters for the violence and the rioting. They already tried to blame the federal officers who went into Portland. They tried to say that the violence and rioting stopped as soon as the federal officers left. Here we are a month later and it hasn't stopped at all. Last night they were firing off fireworks and explosives into Ted Wheeler's uh, apartment building, like his condo building, where other people live. The idea that that mayor has control over that city is unbelievable. The idea that it's Trump supporters doing this who could possibly believe that? And the media is running interference today saying that, like, you can go around these other parts of Portland and have a nice beer at a local brewery or have a beautiful coffee at this coffee shop. Or, hey, look at this nice park. I mean, what? No one claimed the entire city is engulfed in flames. But it's not nothing either. And we're talking about people who wear masks in their car believing this as if they can give themselves COVID. How do you try to make the argument that the small outbreak that has lasted for almost a hundred days is not a danger or a threat or even happening. It really is unbelievable. I, I, I can't understand why people won't take five minutes and check an alternate source of information. Vet it as much as you like. But the idea that these riots aren't happening, that it's Trump supporters doing the, the violence and the damage, 
that it's white nationalists. There's no indication whatsoever that that Kyle Rittenhouse kid is a white nationalist. But they say it and they say it and they say it. And they say that Jacob Blake was breaking up a fight outside his house and they shot him in front of his kids. No, he was sexually assaulting a woman and stealing her car and then fighting police with a knife. And then he was shot. And now there are new uh, riots in Los Angeles, too. Some dumbass drove a car onto the sidewalk and through the glass of a shoe store. Why would you do that to your car for free shoes? Like, it seems like you're kind of canceling it out. Plus, you know, committing crime. I don't understand how someone's brain just doesn't work. And one of you know, over the weekend, I'm not sure if I talked about this yesterday. It could be a short-term memory kind of thing. Take that as you will. But so over the weekend, there was a, uh, an NPR piece that I guess is an excerpt from a book or something in defense of looting, talking about how the looter with all their free new gear gets to imagine for themselves a better life. That's insane. This is the kind of scholarship we are told should be taken seriously now. Getting free shit allows you to imagine a better life. Like if you were rich. Of course, unless you're a celebrity, most rich people don't get that much free shit. They pay for it. And now they might get little bonuses on top of what they pay for, or they might be attracted to spend their money by people who will give them gifts. But one way or another, they're paying for it. Do we not have enough examples of ways we could imagine better lives than putting on new clothes for the first time so that we and everyone around us can know that we are a criminal? It's a very strange way of looking at the world. But so uh, Joe Biden mumbled his way through the rest of that speech. And it's, it's to the point where it's undeniable. Even if you're the biggest Biden supporter or Trump hater, then somewhere in your head, you have already rationalized that you are going to vote for a man who cannot think in complete sentences. And you're saying to yourself, well, you know, we know Joe's not going to be making the real decisions. Because you cannot possibly think that Joe Biden is still coherent. And then they'll respond like, I've heard Trump talk before. Like, have you? Have you heard Trump not be able to think through a whole sentence? Oh, you've seen misspelled tweets. And then there are some words he mispronounces. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, and sometimes he repeats himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Because no one talks like that. You're right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He must be absolutely insane. Or he just has his own way of talking, just like most people do, just like I do, just like my friends do, like my family does. You can know people's different modes of talking. You can listen to the words they say. You can listen to whether or not they exaggerate their claims from time to time, whether or not they're kind of loose in the way they speak or in the way they connect their thoughts. There is a level of abstraction that happens in people's brains where they connect disparate thoughts to drive a new understanding. And if everyone who did that had a fact checker trying to figure out which way their actual words could be interpreted via the most literal possible meaning and then say that that person is a liar because they speak that way. Everyone would go fucking crazy because there are a lot of people who talk that way. In fact, I'm sure that I do quite a lot. And when I'm writing, sometimes, assuming you think my writing is good, but my writing and the way I think and talk on this podcast, there is something in common about two disparate ideas. And one will link to the other in your head if you are a free and open thinker. And then you can explore what the commonality there is. Or you can realize that that same commonality, when expressed, will trigger the same understanding in other people's heads that it does in yours. And that is what communication at its essence is. And the people that listen to Trump and think that he's always lying are doing so on a really weird standard of truth. And most of the time, that standard of truth is one that can only be backed up by people who are trying to rationalize that he's lying. Like the fact checkers, like Daniel Dale on CNN. The dorkiest little twerp in the world. You know, here's another thing. I don't want me to diverge too much, but this is something I think about pretty regularly. One of our biggest problems is that we have turned the leadership of the world and many of its institutions over to dorks. All right. And not all smart people are dorks. Not all nerds are dorks. Dorks are the people who don't fucking get it about how to function in society. They're the people who get rich so that they can take advantage of other people because they don't know how to deal with other people. They have a specific psychological need to dominate because they feel left out. And so they use the tools of the time to accomplish that, especially if they don't have an urge toward physical violence or physical strength or actual 
legitimate power. So they try to outlearn everyone else so that they can manipulate systems to their benefit. And people like Daniel Dale are that because otherwise having someone intentionally misinterpret the president's words to convince the public that that president is lying, that would not be a job that society honored. We could just as easily have an interpreter of Trump on CNN. Of course, we used to have those and everyone ignored them and made fun of them. And now they no longer appear on CNN. And the random conservatives that do are usually not people who can communicate what Trump is actually saying. They are just there to be used as punching bags for, you know, Angela Rye. That is not productive. It's not helpful. It's not news. No one's getting informed that way. There's nothing good about it. There are some people on there who do a semi-admirable job. But the problem is the only means of understanding that we're allowed in those types of conversations is one that is only based on theory that everyone around the little anchor desk accepts. And all their viewers accept the same theory. And so they make, they try to make Trump look like a fool. And then they try to make the Trump defender on there look like a, a fool. There's never any good faith attempt to try to find out if what he's actually saying is the truth. And a responsible media would do that. Instead, they take little clips from his speeches little clips from their appearances and give you a picture of the things that Trump says that are not at all connected to the things that Trump says. Today's thing is that they're all claiming that Trump is a conspiracy theorist because he left open the idea in an interview with Laura Ingram, the first half of which aired last night and the second half of which is tonight. They are calling him a conspiracy theorist because he left open the possibility that there were uh, certain people and groups funding the protests and transporting protesters and organizers across the country to different cities to create mayhem in different cities. And he gave no proof for that. Other people have theorized it. Uh, Rand Paul is actually subpoenaing. That's such a weird word. There's so many vowels in a row. So Rand Paul is subpoenaing Antifa phone records, communications records, emails, etc. To explore where they're getting funding from. So. Unless you want to call everybody a conspiracy theorist, you might consider that there's something to this. Rand Paul, for however much you not, might not like libertarianism or might not like Rand Paul, or you might have read a bad article about him somewhere, he's not an unserious person. 
He's not a corrupt liar. And his family, he and his wife, were accosted coming out of the White House. So he has every reason to believe this is an issue. He also had a neighbor attack him last year, the year before, and broke, I think, like five or six of his ribs. So he is someone who is probably a little more in tune with issues over political violence than Don Lemon. So Trump said that he believes these funders are very stupid, rich people in the dark shadows. And Laura Ingram said dark shadows like that sounds kind of conspiracy theory. And Trump took the question in stride and responded to it. And he said, I know, like, I kind of can't tell you where this is from right now, but this will come out. Chad Wolf, who's the. uh Department of Homeland Security. He's the uh, the secretary and just acting right now, but like interim. But Trump is nominating him for a permanent position as the secretary of Homeland Security. He has also discussed the funding of that group. Why are we supposed to believe that it is not possible that the group gets outside funding. Osama bin Laden had outside funding. ISIS has outside funding, which is not to say it's American government stuff. I'm saying groups get funding because there are people whose political goals are served by the violence these groups commit. This isn't a major stretch. And I don't know anyone who is denying this thing who can actually say honestly that they believe there's no way in hell that some outside group is is funding this, that it's just all happening spontaneously. We know that's not true. We know that these Antifa people have been active in organizing for years now. They have little training sessions. This isn't just, (laughs) it's crazy to me that people believe that this is just some kind of myth. Jerry Nadler said it a month ago. It's literally living in an alternate universe of only your brain and your bubble. And again, I discussed this a little bit yesterday, but to think that I don't know that people don't believe in that. Like, I don't know the arguments about why people don't believe in it. You have to have not watched any of the riot videos, seen any of the destruction, or understood any of the purpose of these riots. And you can only do that willfully by only watching media that repeats the central narrative. And that's not good enough, man. People are going crazy over this claim online. And there are people who have believed every anti-Trump conspiracy over the last five years that has proven false. 
by reality. How many more times do we need to go down this road with the central narrative, with the mainstream media? If you don't believe me, listen to controlled demolition. The last six months have been a complete lie. The central narrative has been the opposite of reality the entire time. And how long before that? Well, what happened right before that impeachment? Was the central narrative right about that? No. When was the last time the central narrative was correct? I would love someone to answer that. Because I can't remember it right now. That's what that long pause just was. I was trying to think, like, is it just since 2015? I mean, I primarily focus on 2015 and on because that is when I feel like I really started becoming in tune to this. And I know how much I missed in 2015 and 2016 because I was trying to reject the notion that the central narrative was wrong because it's hard to reject that notion, man. It makes you doubt all sorts of shit, but being in doubt is like a very responsible place to be. You should doubt stuff that you have heard that has a political goal that reconfirms your priors and doesn't make you think at all. It makes you feel safe in knowing that you are the good person, even though you don't know anything. And that's what its purpose is. So I think doubt is way more comfortable and way more intelligent than continuing to double down on a narrative that you know is false. You have to know it's false. It does not match what happens before your eyes. And now Axios is pushing this new video. I guess they're, they'll probably show it on their HBO show this weekend or something about how there is a strong likelihood that Trump will be way ahead on election day, but that the mail-in balloting to come after will then win Joe Biden the election. So nobody should expect the election to be side, decided on election day. There is now an active push to make everyone in the country believe that it's impossible for us to have a result on election day. One would almost think that the Democrats set the situation up and the voting method up for exactly that reason. And of course they did. And where now is the post office conspiracy? Where is it? Two weeks ago, we were pretending that that was the latest way Trump is taking over American society so he can become the authoritarian dictator he's always been trying to be. How many of those stories do we need to hear before we accept the fact that Trump has done nothing to seize control? Outsized control, I guess I should say. Where is the abuse of office? Where is the undermining of government? The other side is talking about 
doing away with the Electoral College and increasing the number of justices on the Supreme Court so that they can lock up a permanent majority. They actually discuss this in public. And after three and a half years, plus, Trump has done nothing, even in, in the midst of great crisis, to seize added control. So how in the world are we supposed to still pretend these stories are true? And when these stories aren't true, and they aren't, what else isn't true? That's where I started with the COVID thing. That is how I've gotten to this point in my thought process. At some point, you have to say, I know these people are lying to me about X, Y, Z. They might be lying to me about A through X too. And the fact that people haven't made that connection yet is mind-blowing to me. They will admit, they know that the media is lying. They know that tech is trying to seize control over our lives and our thoughts and our behavior and most importantly, our spending. We know that academia is not uh, what we believed it to be. We know that our experts have failed us profoundly. We know that corporations are profiting off the greatest crisis in American history. While small businesses are being forced out of business by the government that is complicit with all of these other points of view. That's what the old guard is. And if you can't see that, I, I, I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast. And this isn't like some crazy, the truth is out there kind of shit. Although the truth is out there. Just look around you. All of the institutions of our society are trying to take down one man. And you trust the machine. You are not raging against the machine. You are not speaking truth to power. You are speaking power to truth. And you know that because the media covers for violence and mayhem and looting and immorality. They make heroes out of rapists and guys that hold guns to women's pregnant stomachs. Why is there any doubt? If this wasn't true, why wouldn't these thousands of criminals be treated like criminals? It's that simple. This stuff does not align with any normal person's morality. It only aligns with their political beliefs. And the fact that they believe they cannot be a good person 
unless they say the right things about Donald Trump. That's what makes you a bad person, not going along with sexual assault, intimidation, honesty, drug overdoses, violence in the streets, looting, small businesses being destroyed, lying about science, authoritarianism, corruption on a massive scale. Just look at California. Look at what they've done with the billions of dollars spent on homelessness, the bullet train that doesn't exist. Meanwhile, the electrical grid is malfunctioning. If that was the case, people often talk about how California is the seventh biggest economy in the world, right? Can you imagine if just the country of Germany had to shut its lights off every year? Does that seem like something that would happen in a well-run country with the seventh biggest economy? They would be mocked. But nope, it's got to be global warming. Can't be mismanagement of everything by Democrats. A total waste of money. Can't be that. Can't be that. Got to be global warming. I'm sure they have models for it. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. You really should listen to more Hopes Fall. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable.
here for tonight's broadcast.